Good evening. I'm Rick Cottom. Welcome to Your Maryland. At dawn on the morning of July 3rd, 1863, a young Confederate officer on horseback looked over the ranks of ragged men behind him, then turned back to his front. His brigade was about to climb Culp's Hill, just south of Gettysburg, to rescue men of the 2nd Maryland Infantry, who had been stranded at the top in heavy fighting the night before. Henry Kidd Douglas had been born in Shepherdstown, Virginia, and raised on the Maryland side of the Potomac near Sharpsburg. Like many in that divided community, he headed south when the war broke out. His abilities gained the attention of Stonewall Jackson, who promoted Douglas to his staff. But Jackson had died two months earlier at Chancellorsville, and now Douglas was temporarily leading a brigade. As they crossed an open field and entered the trees at the base of the hill, his men pleaded with him to dismount, but he thought that would look cowardly. The ground grew rocky. The line struggled upward and rifle balls began to whistle around them. As Douglas was indicating a change in direction with his sword, a line of Union sharpshooters stepped out from behind their trees and took aim. I fancied I could look down the barrels, and I fancied also they were large enough to crawl into, he said later. There came little puffs of smoke, the sensation of a tremendous blow, and I sank forward on my horse, who ceased his prancing. Several men held Douglas in the saddle until an ambulance could take him to a nearby farm. The barn was already filled with Confederate wounded, so Douglas was carried into the parlor and laid on the floor. The owner, Henry Picking, came in and assured him he was welcome. Hours later, when the fighting subsided, Mrs. Picking, a tall, slender, youngish woman, returned with their little children. Douglas asked if he might be moved to a place more convenient for the family than the parlor, but she insisted he remained where he was and brought him a bowl of the best chicken soup that culinary skill ever devised. A few days later, a Union cavalry officer stopped by and paroled the prisoners. For the next few weeks, the family cared for the wounded. The children called Douglas the Big Rebel in the parlor and kept him company. His wounds started to heal without infection. The Confederates in the barn mended as well and were so grateful to picking, they helped him harvest his wheat. But not everyone was so pleasant. Neighbors resented the picking's kindness toward these enemies of the Union and hinted there might come a day of reckoning. Henry Picking stood his ground. In time, Douglas was moved to the Gettysburg Theological Seminary, now a hospital. He was soon a favorite of the nurses, who took him on evening walks into town, sometimes even to taverns. A month later, he was transferred to a Baltimore hospital, where under a harsh new War Department policy, his parole was revoked. They transferred Douglas to Frigid Johnson's Island in Lake Erie, hardly the place, he said, that Southerners would select as a winter resort. In February, he succumbed to the freezing winds and fell ill. He was put on a list of prisoners due to be exchanged, but at the last minute his name was removed. A Union sergeant, who had censored Douglas's letters back home, stuck his neck out for this friendly rebel and secretly put his name back on the list. Bundled in a heavy overcoat, Douglas was off Johnson's Island before anyone knew it and on his way to Point Lookout in warmer southern Maryland, thence to Fortress Monroe in Virginia. There he was assigned to escort Mrs. M. Todd White, who was none other than Mary Todd Lincoln's half-sister, on a return to Richmond after a visit to the White House. Mrs. White had with her 13 trunks, which Union authorities strongly suspected carried contraband, but were too afraid to examine. She, her trunks, and her escort were quickly out of Fortress Monroe and back behind friendly lines. After the war, Douglas wrote down his experience as a memoir which years later became a bestseller. As he looked back at the people who had saved his life, 
at the pickings, the compassionate prison sergeant, and Mary Lincoln's sister. He drew a lesson from all that had happened to him. Good deeds, he concluded, rarely do harm.